0: Hello and welcome to the Swift Legacy Podcast, a show where we talk all things Taylor Swift with a focus on her early career. We're your hosts Amy and Molly and today we're talking about one of our favourite of Taylor's unreleased songs, Tell Me.
1: We are very excited today to be talking to you about one of our favourite unreleased Taylor songs and in my
0: opinion one of the more underrated unreleased songs, Tell Me. So Tell Me was one of the many co-writes between Taylor and Liz Rose, the famed Nashville songwriter who Taylor has collaborated with throughout her career. Now we speculate that Tell Me was probably written around 2005 because that's just kind of where it fits lyrically and from the storyline perspective and the way that it's written would you agree molly definitely yeah
1: i think it's interesting how when you listen to taylor's unreleased songs you can almost place them on a timeline with um, some of her release stuff just by the topic she's writing about and the style of lyricism like how uh, i don't want to say advanced but how Mature. mature her lyrics are Um, and you know, we do get it wrong. Like we all thought You All Over Me was written much later than it actually was. And that's kind of, I've gone on a tangent here, but I was going to say that's kind of hinted at by the fact that when she was talking about You All Over Me, she was talking about how much she was focusing on getting the metaphors right and, um, the lyrics of that one. And so it was a lot more mature songwriting wise than her older songs. Anyway, back to Tell Me.
0: If you haven't heard Tell Me, first of all, encourage you to go out google it do all the things that we've said before when you're looking for unreleased songs just google different things you will find them they are out there it's just a case of actively looking and constantly searching for them but if you haven't heard the song essentially the story is that the person singing has been dating someone and then all of a sudden he changes his mind about being together and she's just kind of blindsided and it's a case of like okay, can you like tell me what happened? What did I do wrong? Exactly. when I look at that song, if I'm trying to put it into Taylor's life, I would say it potentially could be about the same guy as picture to burn. What do you think? I think that's definitely
1: a possibility. The fact that maybe she was
0: more fallen
1: than he was and he backed off suddenly. Or it could be about another guy she didn't date. So it could be about someone we don't know at all. Or it could be like a lot of only songwriting was kind of an over-dramatized
0: version of something that did happen to her or something that happened to a friend or something she saw in a film. Definitely. But I do kind of see that there could be some similarities in terms of Picture to Burn because it's like, I feel like Tell Me doesn't explicitly say she was dating this guy, but it kind of suggests that they were like doing well when all of a sudden it changes. So I feel like that could, it really does fit in my mind at least, which is a scary place to be. You don't want to go in my mind. Um, In my mind, it fits in the Jordan slash pitch to burn storyline. Whether that's that's right or not, we'll never know.
1: I think if I had to take a guess, I'd agree with you. From the people we know, I think, Jordan.
0: So in Circulation, there are two different recordings of Tell Me. There is a studio demo and there is an acoustic demo slash work tape. Now, in my opinion, which I often go for the acoustic demo, and in this, it's no different. I say the acoustic version is superior. Molly, which is your favourite?
1: Always the acoustic. I can't really think of any... uh... Some of Taylor's
0: with the acoustic version isn't my favourite. It just feels rawer and um, more... Authentic. Real. When you hear Taylor singing, like, these songs acoustically, probably, like, right at the end of a writing session, just after she's finished pouring her emotions into it, the only, like, words that can describe it is authentic. And then when they are re-recorded... I don't know, it's, different, it's difficult to describe, but the authenticity is taken away a little bit. Well...
1: I'm sure when she's re-recording them and making demos and then recording the final piece, she's thinking about the production and the way she's singing it. And at that point, she's sung it a million times, not really thinking about the lyrics. Um, Whereas in the acoustic versions, you're right, they tend to be things recorded at the end of kind of like a work session when she's just written it. I think with Taylor as well, because she does write all her songs and because they are very personal to her. that's what makes the acoustic version so special with other artists I wouldn't say the acoustic versions are superior but with her just because they're all her own lyrics definitely
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense and I definitely agree so when I went through in preparation for this episode I listened to the studio version and the acoustic version and I made a couple of notes because that's what I do I make notes I'm a very sad person so on the studio version I wanted to talk about how the bridge is an awful lot more. I mean, I feel like we kind of just talked about this, but the bridge is so produced. And I feel like for that bridge, especially in that song, a stripped back bridge rather than a more produced bridge would have just worked so much better. Mm -hmm. So just
1: for everyone who hasn't heard the song, the bridge goes, if I had a reason or a simple goodbye, maybe even a lie. So it's it's only a two line bridge. It's very short, but I agree with Amy that just all the production stripped back would have sounded really good, I think.
0: And I feel like if it is on a vault, I would very much hope that it is, we'll get more into the vault stuff later, but I hope that if it is is re-recorded, it's very much country stripped back, more stripped back than the original studio demo because that's just a bit overproduced. It would be interesting to know who produced that because it doesn't sound particularly Nathan Chapman to me. I was going to say is it Nathan Chapman but um moving on what are the other differences between the Um the studio version also has it well obviously it has clearer vocals because it's got a better quality microphone in terms of recording but it also has male backing vocals which is quite interesting um you can kind of I feel like there are not exactly fearless parallels, but the male backing vocals do give me fearless vibes. In the live versions of Love Story, when like Paul has backing vocals on like, I'll be the princess, (laughs) pretty poorly princess. Do you remember that interview? Yes. For anyone who doesn't know, there is an interview where Taylor introduces her band and she introduces Paul, the guitar player and background vocalist, as pretty poorly princess because he sings backing vocals on I'll Be the Princess. And it kind of became a band inside joke, which has died at this point, but... like to bring it back every so often. They've all died at this point. (laughs) Then if we look at the acoustic version, obviously there's no backing vocals on this. It very much sounds like she's just recorded it at the end of writing, the writing session. So at the beginning of the recording, she says like really adorably, I'm just going to record it again. Like she's just pressed record a bit too early. Um, so there are some slight melody changes between the studio and acoustic version. I can't pinpoint them exactly, they are quite small, but I would always say the acoustic version is better. I mean, maybe the studio one does flow more.
1: It's interesting to listen to them side by side and listen to where the song eventually went and then speculate about where it would have gone if, they, if
0: she wanted to put it on an album. As well as some slight melody changes, there are some, I wouldn't say lyric changes, but she slips up on the lyrics, like she forgets them. So for example, in the chorus, when she is supposed to be singing, did you sell me out for a fool? She actually accidentally says, did you tell me out for a fool? So like, it's very much a rough demo. Like she, she's just written it and she's forgotten the words, but I think that's kind of like really adorable and kind of adds to the magic of it. I like the imperfectness of it. Exactly. Like it doesn't have to be perfectly polished. I think maybe I like the
1: acoustic versions because it feels like you're like a fly on the wall in their little writing room and you're getting access to something like very few people have heard. Yeah,
0: yeah. definitely.
1: Even if even if it was widely in circulation, which it is, but um, obviously not every fan has gone and hunting the depths of the internet for every unreleased song and every version of every unreleased song.
0: That is true but I would encourage them to because there is a whole other world out
1: there. And honestly if you're bored of waiting for new Taylor music because um, we have been well and truly spoiled over the last year and now we expect it every three months or something ridiculous, go looking for unreleased stuff because um, it's like getting a whole new album or a whole new like five albums. There's, there's nearly a hundred If you count the different versions,
0: it really is such. I'm going to say an underused resource. That sounds ridiculous (laughs) and very, I don't know, economic. But just in the fandom, I just feel like we don't give it enough recognition because these songs are incredible. They're just as good as songs. In some cases, better than songs that ended up on debut, and even fearless to an extent. So, in terms of tell me. I think it was written for debut. Well, if it was written in 2005, like we think it was, it was most likely written for debut. But I do also see that it could have fit on Fearless at a push. I don't think it would have fit anywhere after Fearless, but I think debut or Fearless, it could have fit in that little box. What do you think? Yeah.
1: If it was on a vault, I think I would have put it on Fearless before debut. So would I. It's the sound of fear that's better than it. And I can't see it being on, getting into something that we'll talk about a bit later, I can't see it being on the debut vault.
0: I feel you like you've just stabbed it. me through the heart. Yeah. Oh. Amy
1: wanted the one thing so badly and then Taylor renamed it by, by Baby and now doesn't like it. So, <laughs> I, can't
0: I don't say I don't like weird. it, I just say I will skip it and I will listen to the original or if I don't skip it, I will scream the original lyric. But you know, maybe it's better that
1: Tammy doesn't end up on the vault because she could change one word and Amy would go ballistic
0: it's a fair point I went through a phase a couple of years ago when like I was literally just so obsessed with tell me like it was my favorite unreleased song it's the only one I listened to I just listened and listened and listened
1: me and Amy became friends around the time where she was going through this phase I think
0: that's true oh my god moving on from the album that it should have been on to the potential of it being on a vault when it's re-recorded Obviously, Fearless has already come out, so it's not going to be on the Fearless vault. Although like Molly said, I do think it would have fit best on the Fearless vault. There is still a little little baby chance that it will get onto the debut vault and I'm clinging onto that chance for Dear Life. We do have to consider that the title is very similar to Tell Me Why. And if we are believing that she changed the lyrics to The One Thing to Bye Bye Baby because The One Thing was so similar to The One, tell me and tell me why are way too similar and would probably have to change but I feel that if she were to change the tell me lyric it would make it a completely different song like it literally the whole theme would just be out of the window
1: well the the entire premise of the song is tell me what I did wrong tell me why you've suddenly backed away and what happened I don't know how she could change the lyric and have that stay the theme of the song and the, the direction of the song. And I think she'd have to drastically change the lyric. What it would, would be- almost have to be
0: rewritten entirely. And
1: then it's just not telling me anymore. And at which point she might as well just put another song on that.
0: Yeah. So unless she keeps the original title, I'm going to be honest and say, I don't want it on the vault because we do have, we have two versions. They're good quality versions. And... I would rather not go through another bye-bye baby gate. It's what the I'm calling it from now.
1: No, I'm with you on that. I think there is a very, very slim chance it will end up on debut vault. I think just knowing the amount of songs she wrote around that
0: time, there are so many that fit, as much as I love Tell Me, I don't think it fits debut. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our mailing list, and we will see you all again next week with another episode of the Swift Legacy Podcast.